This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I'm really excited. We've got a Milwaukee Brewers baseball player, Mr. Nate Orff, with us. Nate, how you doing? Very good, very good. good to see you. Yeah. We've got a gift from you. If you can't see on the camera and obviously you can't hear it on iTunes, but we've got the uh, O'Fallon Predators nine-year-old baseball team. They're all here today, so I'm going to give this to you, Nate. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So I got to tell a quick story real quick uh, before we get started. So we were uh, in Memphis, Tennessee sometime this summer. I guess it was what, Memorial Day? Memorial Day or Labor Day weekend, something like that. And the Milwaukee Brewers were playing the uh, Memphis Redbirds. And we were down in, uh, down in Memphis. The whole team, I think we had like 53 people went with us to the baseball game. And this, this nice young man here out in center field started playing catch with the kids, started talking to the kids. Our head coach, Steve Weinhoff, he met uh, your brother, I think. I think you got yeah. a nickname, is that right? Yeah, we call him Charles Schwab. That's, uh, <laughs> that's from his time as a kid. So. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a whole other story, I guess. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he just started talking to us, and he invited all the kids over to the dugout and uh, did pictures, did autographs. And, of course, when you're a nine-year-old boy and there's a, a, a big league baseball player that's giving you that time, it was amazing. And then uh, your friend Brett Graves was on the podcast, uh, gosh, probably almost a year ago, right before this season started. And uh, you guys connected somehow on, I saw it on social media. He's a St. Louis kid, born and raised in Wentzville, Missouri, uh, which is just outside of St. Louis, uh, which is awesome. So really cool for one, I think, that you take the time with the kids to do the stuff you do. And then uh, just to be here today and and spend some time with these kids is pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks. I mean, when... uh situations like that come up throughout a game and um, you know we get every game there's kids yelling at us and all that and you know and, and that's a, a big part of what we do and I think uh, responsibility of getting to put the uniform on every day is to to give back and um, I, mean, I remember when I was a kid and and I was at a Rams game uh, and a player threw his extra wide receiver gloves up to the crowd you know and it just blew my mind and it's yeah. it's the image that I have that that sticks in with how um, that just humanized, you know, the the player. So from that point on, you know, once I once I got to be in a in a position where um, to to be around kids, you know, that's that's the image that sticks in my head. So it's yeah. you know, how can I um, show these guys that that I'm just a a normal you know person also, and I was a kid and. Um, and show them that you know your dreams can come true. You can you know. You can make your your goals happen and um, get to be in a situation like this with these young dudes. And you know, there I was just like them. I was probably the smallest guy on your team when I was your age. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, just it's a it's an honor to get to put the uniform on and 
and communicate with the guys like this yeah. all the time. So talk to us about your upbringing. So you grew up in a town, Wentzville, Missouri, so just like O'Fallon, Illinois, a lot of similarities between the two towns. What was it like growing up, you know, mom, dad, you had siblings, uh, you know, probably played lots of sports. Kind of give us a lay of the land and what that looked like. Yeah, I grew up actually in New Melly, Missouri, which um, if you're not from there, you probably don't know where it is, but it's, uh, it's a town that um, the mailman doesn't come to New Melly, he comes to Wentzville. So it's a, mm. it's a little small town. Um, there wasn't much there. I believe there was one intersection with a couple stop signs, that kind of town, you know, just outside of Wentzville. But um, very fortunate childhood, you know, grew up on eight acres with mom, dad, uh, two older brothers to, to kind of show me the ropes and uh, one little sister. Um, but man, the, the childhood was a lot of playing with the neighbors, playing wiffle ball, you know, football, snow football. That's one of the best things as a kid, I think, you know, and uh, running around the woods, doing some hunting and, and all that stuff. So kind of the, the small town um, feel to, to my childhood, I would say. Uh, when I really think back home as a, as a little kid, I just my main memories are, are sitting out there and going out in the woods with a BB gun. And, and you know, one time I remember I was just bored little guy in the woods and there was a, I was just looking around and I, you know, I just put a stick in my mouth and I just remember chewing on a stick cause <laughs> why not? Right. You know? So, so it's always fun for me uh, as life goes on and, and new situations and opportunities come up to remember the the kids sitting in the woods, you know, chewing on the chewing on the stick, right. up to no good, you know. So that's, that's my awesome. yeah, that's my uh, I think my foundation and and what really got me going in this world. So you were at what point did you get real serious about baseball? I'm assuming you grew up played t-ball and soccer and maybe all that stuff you kind of do in these towns. But yeah. What was it like when you got serious and you knew, man, maybe maybe I am a little different than most baseball players. Yeah, you know, I think my journey is a little different than most guys that I, I'm around because um, I didn't play real um, travel ball or real intense baseball till my about my junior year in high school. Wow. So I played, I would fill in on a couple tournament teams. They'd want me to come, you know, play some local uh, tournaments with them, and, and I would do that. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I did that, they had me at leadoff, and I was like, I don't play travel ball. You know, I'm not <laughs> – I'm not like these guys. I think the coach saw something before yeah. you saw something. I, th I think you're right. But, you know, and it's one of those things they go and, like, first tournament with wood bat and hitting leadoff and um, get a couple of hits, you know, and it's like, hey, like, I can play with these guys. And, and that's kind of been my whole journey the whole way up is, uh, you know, new opportunities. And, and once I proved to myself I can play with these guys so many times, now it's, it's just become, you know, I'm a good baseball player. This is what I do. You know, let's go put the work in and and uh, take care of business. You know, yeah. but but yeah, I think as far as serious baseball, I didn't really play uh, real committed till junior year in high school. Yeah. So, is, so these guys have got a big advantage then, right? I mean, they're working on all these fundamentals and, and different things. But when you think about when you were 16 or 17 or, or you're nine. You, you said something just a minute ago. Made me think you said, man, I can really play with these guys. How important is mindset? Uh, when it comes to obviously there's physical ability you watch the Astros and Yankees games last night Ryan was just telling me this morning that uh, who is it Aaron Judge is the same size as LeBron James I mean so yeah. that's physical ability right but you, oh, yeah. you what you said made me think about the mental side how important is that 
man, I think it's, uh, I think it's probably everything. Um, you know, when I, when I signed into pro ball and, and showed up to the locker room the first day, instantly realized that everybody was at least a head taller and bigger, stronger, faster. The first round of BP in pro ball, I remember watching the guys hitting homers out the center field and just crushing balls. We had a net and left and guys were hitting them way over the net and hitting houses behind. And, and I'm like, man, like I got no <laughs> shot, you right. know, it's like, but what I, what I've always done is, is try to outwork and, and outperform and, and my advantage comes through the way that I can compete and, and the mindset, like you're saying, the, the mindset, knowing that over time, I'm going to, I'm going to do things. Those guys can't every day, you know, and, and and really just try to grind on the game and wear on the game. And, um, and yeah, and it's been, you know, when I was in rookie ball, my, my main goal was to make it to low A. You know, that was the next step. There's like five minor league levels, you know. So my main goal wasn't to get to the big leagues when I was in rookie ball. It was I got to get to low A. You know, how can I outperform the guys playing second base right now, you know, and and then rather than low A, I actually skipped it and went to high A after the next spring um, where I didn't have any pooling organization yet. So I had to, I sat the bench for about three weeks <laughs> and playing once every three or four days, just getting like a DH spot. So then it became, well, I got one shot. I got to get, I got to get my hits today, you know? And so I kind of had to grind into the, into the lineup. And then next thing you know, then I'm, you know, getting the everyday starts and, um, and that's when my professional career, I'd say, really took off was that first year in, in high A and uh, got some respect and then climbed from there. So how do you overcome that? Because obviously when you know you have to perform, I mean, there's a lot of pressure you put on yourself, right, to say, okay, I have to get hits today to even have a chance. How did you perform in that moment when it was really, really high stakes? Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I've, I've always been a, a good uh, competitor and I've always been able to compete and at the end of the day there's so many things that uh, that go against us there's so many uh, different elements to everything I think in life but uh, at the end of the day it was, it was me versus the pitcher and I, I knew I could get him and it's one of those things I'm going to go down trying you know yeah. and give him all I got um, y you know it's just it's just a fight. It really is. I think everything's a fight. And I think at the end of the day, at that, at that time for me, you know, it was like, I didn't have another option. Yep. I didn't have, uh, you know, I had a college degree, but I didn't enjoy school. I didn't want to do anything except baseball. So it was, I either beat that pitcher time and time again, or I go do something else. And, um, you know, and, and I, I had a great upbringing and all that, like we talked about earlier, but uh, my dad owns a concrete business and my brother works for my dad and all that. So for me, my, my, my plan was I'm either going to make it in baseball or, you know, I'll go back home and work might concrete. be doing concrete work, yeah. which I have all the respect in the world for because I spent just enough time to know <laughs> how hard it is, right. you know. So for me, it came down as my only option. It was I either get the job done or to me, I fail and, you know, go go really grind out yep. the real life. So I was doing my research and I found that you played uh, all nine positions in one game. Is that right? In the minor leagues? Yeah. So yeah, think that about that, awesome. kid. So he played every position in one game. So nine innings, one, 
position every different time. And that probably hasn't happened to many people in the world, uh, especially in professional sports. Uh, but talk to us about that day. Did you know going in that you were going to play every position that day, or how did that go down? Yeah, when I when I showed up to the field, it was the last game of the year, and our our manager, who's uh, Joe Arot, one of my favorite people I've ever been around in the baseball world, uh, he was like, he's like, we're doing it. He he had the lineup up on the board, and then next to it, he had the list of I started out catching, and I went third, short, and he had inning by inning, kind of the move, and then. Um, finish up uh, on the mound. They close the yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I got called up to Double A after the game, which for me was, you know, every call up was a, a really big deal. So, um, but they they talked them into letting me throw one out. So I didn't get the ninth inning as yeah. a pitcher, but I got I got one out. So it's one more out was, than I got. Yeah, you know, it was the guy smoked it, and the third baseman made a heck of a play. But, uh, <laughs> But I, I got my out, I guess, you know, zero That's right. ERA. That's right. I like it. I like it. So talk to us. You said every call-up was special. Talk to us about 2018. You get called up to the big leagues. Yeah. What was that like? That that was the most special. Uh, I always know, get I was, chills as I think about probably that phone call you made to your dad or your mom or whoever. I'm assuming you make that first call yeah. to somebody, right? Yeah. And how did it go down? How did they, they play a trick on you like a lot of guys get? or um, they? Uh, Man, I had it was the best best game of my life. Uh, not even close. Um, uh, hey, <laughs> but so go into the day. Um, man, national anthem's always my like time for prayer. You know, it's that's yeah. when I I pray pretty much the same prayer every day there, and it, it's really it's that time before the game and just kind of time to just be thankful and. Uh, remember that it's a it's a privilege and how lucky I am to get to play the game that day you know and uh and I that day I prayed that something special happened you know just I've man I've played the last two years I've played about 400 games you know and and that day prayed something special happened and went out and hit hit two homers a double had a swinging bunt for my last hit for my fourth hit and then uh go in the locker room after the game and Skip says, uh, you know, Nate Orff, you're going to the big leagues. Um, mm. and, and to have all the guys there in that moment, you know, just made it even more special. They all went nuts, were, you know, shook up some beers and sprayed me down with beer, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, just uh, to get to do it with all the guys. But, you know, in that, in that moment, uh, man, the world just stopped for me, you know, and it was – was you thought it, about your whole life? Yeah, I'm sure the kids didn't, but I'm sure the dads and moms back here. I got cold chills. Did you guys get cold chills? Yeah, I mean, Good, to get I, that call. Did you get cold chills? Right. Oh man, I still that gets me right. Every, you know, when I really think about it, it gets me right in that that throat real good right. every time. Right. You know, but so you uh, after the celebration with your players and uh, your teammates and coaches and everybody, what was the first phone call? Call my mom. You know, she she deserved it. They were there uh the whole time and you know growing up we're just kids i'm still just a kid man i'm about to be 30 years old i'm just a kid like you guys i like to probably do the same thing you guys do i like to play <laughs> with my friends and you know shoot same kind of stuff but um the stuff that our parents do to help us out you know there's uh there's really no way we'll ever know uh how much they sacrifice for us and um no way to really thank them but 
you know, get that call out to my mom, tell her go in the big leagues, uh, call my dad, and then all I hear is, and he's like, I about broke my hand. You know, he's, <laughs> a, he's all excited. So, uh, but yeah, then just trickled down to my brothers, a couple mentors back home, and, um, you know, everyone, they booked flights up to Milwaukee the next day, and that's you know, where were you crazy. located when you got the call? Austin, Texas. So you got to go from Austin to Milwaukee. You got a normal yeah. plane ride, I take it, right? Or do you take uh, a... Yeah, normal first class, though. Normal so, first class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slept, slept about an hour that night. Head up uh, first class. Got get a driver driver waiting for you, you know. Get, yeah, get in the locker room. and um, You know, I was fortunate because I got to be around a lot of those guys before my call-up, you know, through the spring trainings and played with a bunch of the guys, so... Um, to walk into a locker room where you already feel comfortable with the guys in there, you know, I think that helped me a lot to to normalize the situation that, you know, I don't think is so normal. Right. No, um, it's not. Yeah. I mean, people pay to go on tours of locker rooms, right? Now, here you yeah. are, this young man walking into this thing. Was there any moments where you were like, had to pinch yourself or to think like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally in here with like an MVP candidate. I mean, all these things and you not really, you know, I, I saw it, I saw it for so long that it, I was ready, you know. So I'm going to interrupt him right there for you kids. So think about that for a second, right? When you think about your life and your goals and the aspirations you have in your life, you have to think about those things before they become true. And I know that's a lot for a nine-year-old to really understand that, but what he just said, or a 12-year-old, if you're like Drew sitting here, uh, and Claire and Cora and all these other kids sitting in here, but, um, you got to think that way, right? So you saw yourself there uh, before you actually were there. So how did, what was that like for you? What was that process of visualization like? Man, you know, I had been around some really good uh, sports psychologists throughout the day. Got to work with Ken Revisa in uh, my first school in Chicago. Um, Brian Kane's a big uh, sports psych guy. Um, got to work with him at Baylor and uh, ever, ever since got to pro ball, I started doing a lot of reading and, uh, you know, Navy SEAL stuff. They're, they're some of my favorite people to, yeah. to read about because the, the detail work of their training, their mindset, just, you know, all the stuff that they put themselves through to, to give themselves the, the uh, best chance to succeed because failure for them means a whole different thing than a bad game, you know, so... I'm like, why not try to t try to learn from these guys and and pick up some details that can help with how they handle their business and um, but yeah, I think it's it's the visualization. The the more I learn about it and the more I do it, it's the more realistic you can make the the image in your head. Uh, you know, the sights, the sounds, the smells. The the more intense you can make that visualization process. The, the easier it's going to be uh, when you get there. And um, the strength guy I'm working with right now, he actually uh, said it like this the other day, and it kind of blew my mind, but he's like, there's, he's like, there's two paths. And he, this is talking about getting back to the big leagues, um, trying to have a, a nice, you know, long career these next few years, have a big year this year. He said there's two paths. Both of, both of them have already happened. One goes the way you want it to go, and the other goes like the the way you, you don't, don't want, want it to go, it, yeah. right? So he's like, let's just envision the one you, the one that is exactly how you want it to go, and then every step we're gonna try to take 
to to get to that exact point yep. you know and i think it i think it kind of takes the it takes the question out of you know do i want to eat the right food today or do i want to eat the one that tastes better you know and it's like well if i eat the right food i'm going on this road that is where i want to be that's going to give me the best chance to succeed this year coming up you know right. so it, it kind of takes the some of the question out of the situation because it's like this is the way I want to go. This is how I'm going to get there. And, and this is how I'm going to do it. And then, you know, next time I get the call, you know, it's going to be same situation. I'm ready. You know, right. I, I saw it happen. This is what I'm going to do. And, and here I am again. You know, rock. That's, yeah. That's awesome. So how do you define success in your life? Oof. I don't know. I mean, I think to me, that's not for me to, uh, uh, like decide if, success or failure yeah. I don't that's I think the world will kind of say it for you and then at the same time I don't really care what the the world necessarily has to say about it so I think success is like to me is kind of far off thing I think if if I look at at the end of the day if am I successful I think at the end of the day I think if I'm happy you know and I'm making the world a better place then right. you know i think i did my job yep. and and you know i guess i guess that could be considered yeah, and i think it's time you know? too i mean i think about you know i got four boys and two of which are here today and you know i think about success however you want to coin that but it is around time with family and friends yeah. and the things that you get to do right i think when yeah. you're really young you think of success as something else but uh i think as you get older you think of it in a different route so um so talk to us about fears. I think we all as people, kids, adults, whatever it may be, we put fears in our minds. How many of those minds have actually, or those fears have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Yeah, I, fear is, I think fear is incredible. I mean, it's, I don't know how, uh, how deep you want to go on that, but, you know, I think uh, as human beings, I think we're, we're made to survive some pretty crazy environments, I think. I like to think back in like the caveman days, you know, fears put in into our mind and our and our physiology to keep us alive, right. you know, to keep us alive through threats. So, so I think it's important to realize, especially for you know young guys like you guys, is fear is totally normal. Everyone has the thoughts of fear. Um, that's just a part of it. And the more I'm around, more advanced players, more elite players, the best players in the world, you know, everyone has fear. It's yeah. just some guys are able to catch the fear, notice what it is, and, and switch it, use that energy in a positive manner, channel it, and and have a, a, a good output, right. I guess, you know, and control it. And like I said, just channel it and, and use it as an energy because it is, that's um, something that I've used over time especially when I got the pro balls when I first started playing infield hmm. so I was a catcher before that had some elbow surgeries all that so I got the pro ball playing with guys like Orlando Arcia who's Milwaukee Brewers shortstop my first years playing second base you know I'm hmm. playing next to a big league shortstop right and so I mean I I played in a state of fear on defense <laughs> fear of making an error because watching a guy like that when he's about 18 years old is pretty pretty incredible what some of these guys can do so and and I, what i noticed is i could start channeling it and that's how i really learned was don't make an error I, we all have these thoughts the thought of don't make an error would come into my mind and i go 
I go, all right, let's go. Like, I'm going to make a play right here. Like, hit it anywhere, I got it, you know? And it's being able to catch that thought of, of fear of making an error because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to look bad. But I also, if I couldn't play defense, I wasn't going to play. And there's no shot I'd ever make it to the big leagues. You can't play defense. So it's taking that fear and, and switching it into an aggressive, you know, confident mindset. But, yep. but for me, the fear, it helps me stay locked in. And that's just, I think, something that advanced players do. And I'm sure in all industries, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit of fear there. Absolutely. I think it's important because most of the fears that we put in our mind don't actually play out, right? Like you yeah. think, oh, I'm gonna, this ball's gonna go right between my legs. I'm gonna look like a fool in front of all these people. You can let it go down this rabbit hole, but I think to your point is feel it, but then kind of block it out, right? Block it out and start thinking that positive way. That The two routes you were talking about earlier, go the positive route. Yeah. So I got a lot more questions, but I want to get these kids involved. So does anybody have any questions that they want to come up? Alexander, he's up first. You want to come up and ask it in the microphone? You just want to ask it from right there. All right, come on. He said, let's go. He said, give me the mic. Give me the mic. You come stand over here. We'll get this thing turned around. All right. Talk loudly into that microphone for Nate. Um, what would you do if you didn't play baseball? Oof. That's a, that's a good question, but I was just uh, up at the farm hunting this weekend, and, uh, you know, that really, got, that really got me going. So, you know, I think, you know, maybe a professional outdoorsman deer hunter. That would... <laughs> I don't think my dreams changed much since I was nine years old, but yeah. That's awesome. How was it get it, like getting your first major hit a home run? That was good. That was, again, the- uh, on there is how was your first major league hit being a home run? Yeah, that, you know, that was another thing that um, people were like, you know, were, were you floating around the bases? You know, was it like this crazy, like can't believe it moment? And it was like, no, man, like I had, I had seen my first hit being a home run for a while, you know, because I was like, no better way to have it happen. So, you know, it happened, and I'm jogging around the bases, and I slapped third base coach's uh, hand, and I was like, was that good, Ed? You know, like that's knowing that, like, you know, I overcame the situation. The situation wasn't too big. I'd seen it before. You know, I executed, and, and you know, I was able to just enjoy the, the whole moment. Did you, did you run slowly? Probably not. No? Okay. My feet were pretty light that day. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give a 10-year-old to get an MLB? Um, man, I, I mean, I think a couple of things we talked about today, like, uh, you know, every, everyone's going to have the fear. The fear, that's a normal response to a lot of situations, but, but knowing that it's up to you to, to overcome it and... Um, and I think confidence is, is key in baseball, probably in all aspects of life, but I think confidence is the biggest thing. And what I've found over time is the best way to be confident in what I'm doing is to put a crazy amount of work and effort and time and visualization into that and, and, to, and to set those small goals and be confident you can do it and out my for me it was always I got to outwork everybody else what's everybody else look like all right well I'm not as talented as them so I need to outwork them right and so I think I think being really aware of of yourself who you are um 
looking around and being like, you know what, I think this guy might be better than me now, but I'm going to go home and do some extra, you know, I'm going to throw some more balls off the wall and, and work on my hand-eye or take a few extra swings, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think, I think uh, you can find a way to make your goals and dreams come true. It's just putting the time and effort in, and it's, I don't know about you, but I don't think it's, uh, it's ever the easy way. No. I don't think so. <laughs> never, never. Thanks, Alexander. All right, Drew. He's not on the baseball team, but. Um, have you always liked baseball? Oh, yeah. I, might, I think I played on my older brother's team when I was three and a half. Uh, <laughs> that's when I started playing some ball, but yeah, which I'm sure some of you guys are in the same boat. You just grew up around the field and playing ball. And I know you don't even like baseball, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm right after today. Yeah, just grew up doing it. Love it. Who's up? Wyatt. Wyatt's coming on up. Number eight, Wyatt Gula. Ocho. So, what was your like favorite like moment in ba in your baseball career? Great question. That is a great question. But Good question. I think I think it was just the moment that I heard my name called up to the big leagues. You know, because. You're never, you're never guaranteed that success or you're never guaranteed the call. You know, it's, it's a true honor. And just to, to be in that moment where it happened and going, yes, you know, all the, the sacrifices, all the extra work paid off. And in that moment, it was confirmation that I, I had made the right decisions in, in those sacrifices and, uh, and giving up all the time with family and all that stuff, you know, in that moment it was worth it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Good job, Wyatt. Who's up next? Hudson, come on up. Oh, Hudson, okay. What's your question? What sport would you play if you didn't play baseball? This might be my favorite question <laughs> because I love hockey. Oh, we got some oh, hockey players yeah. in the room here. There we go. Go Blues. <laughs> no, I love. Uh, I fell in love with hockey in high school, actually, because one of my friend's brothers was a pretty advanced player and went to a game and there was a fight that started <laughs> going to Blues games and Cam Jansen was playing, if you guys know who that is at all. But let me tell you, you know, you guys are used to the Blues being Stanley Cup champions. When I first started going to the games for $11 and uh, they were losing three or four to one every time. I would go to the game and just wait for number 55 to hit the ice because that was Cam Jansen and he was rough and tough and fly around and throw his body around and and that was uh, I fell in love with hockey and I'm still uh, don't miss many games but yeah I'd be, awesome. a, I'd be a hockey guy I think. Asher you have a question it looks like you want to come up and ask it? Yeah. Do you like soccer the my five-year-old Asher asked. That's a, another <laughs> great question. It's a yeah. big question for a five-year-old. I'm telling you, I think I'm a lot like you guys because you put a ball in front of me, I'm going to have a good time. So and you're going to compete. Yeah. I love soccer, man. In college, I, I had some soccer friends that I would go, you know, just kick around with them and run around and still, uh, still to this day out on the ball field, I'm kicking a baseball around like soccer and juggling the ball around and, you know, you like soccer, yeah? You like I football? forgot Asher was here. I said I had two of my kids here. I didn't realize I had a third one back there. You got as many kids as I have, you forget. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Asher. Uh, that's funny. Who else? I saw some hands over here. 
Come on up, Liam. Or you can stay there, whatever you want to do. Who was your favorite baseball player when you were a kid? Ooh. You guys have great questions. Albert Pujols. Uh, and that guy, and he's still doing it. That's incredible. I would just sit at dinner table and be getting in trouble because I wasn't talking with the family. I was watching the Cardinals games every night. And, man, what an honor to watch that guy. Incredible. I mean, 10 years or 11. 11 years. Just crushing it. Just it's incredible. And he's still playing. I mean, it's. I know it's your Milwaukee Brewers, but I like that game. What was in the playoffs and was that? 13 maybe he had three home runs you guys remember that game he had three home runs in one game in the playoffs that oh, was yeah. just it's the rangers oh no it was 11 i guess because he was done uh after that so any other questions liam all right one more who has made the most impact on your career who has made the most impact on your career that's a great question thank you yeah another great great question but man you know it's i don't even think i can name one person i've had Golly, you know, the first day I got to, I mean, the, our parents, you know, without my parents doing what they did, I would never be a baseball player. Um, the sacrifices they made and making sure I had the equipment, the, the, the ride to every practice game ever, you know, the, the parents always get the first, uh, you know, the first shout, I guess. And then, but the number of coaches just, uh, Rick Strickland, the St. Louis guy, St. Louis Pirates. That was the, that was the first uh, organization I played with, travel ball. But he's, you know, he's a guy that the first guy I had an honest conversation with, you know, like, do you think you can or can I play college ball, you know? And he was like, yeah, you can. This, this is how it's going to work. And, uh, man, there's just – there's too many. I mean, every I think – and the way I still like to – to approach things is I think everybody has something for you that can help you to become a better person, a better player. You know, even if you don't necessarily like what they have to say or like how they, they might, how they talk or whatever, there's still some stuff that you can learn from everybody is my belief. So I think, uh, you know, man, everybody that I've been, been around been, has touched me in some way that helped shape me to who I am today. Awesome. Good questions. Logan. Oh, why don't you play for the Cardinals? Man. Why don't you play for the Cardinals, they said. Yeah, they, don't, they don't want me, you know. <laughs> no, I, you know, they're a, they're a great Unfortunately, organization. Unfortunately, it's not his choice right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. I'm a, I'm a free agent this year. So going into the next year, you know, I might be with a new club. And, you know, maybe I will be. Who knows? If you know anybody, Logan, make some calls. We'll yeah. get him on the Cardinals, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good question. Who's up? Carrick, did you, did you have your hand up? No. Jake. Getting some high fives on the way up here, huh? Who was your first major league hit against? Jose Barrios, who... He's an all-star that year, probably this year too, but um, I got to play him in double-A a couple times, and so I had a – I think any time you see a guy that you faced in the past, it helps you with uh, preparation and all that stuff. So um, I got a good one. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's awesome. you have another question? How many home runs have you hit? In my life? Yeah. Oh, 
I have one in the big leagues. This year I hit 11. And uh, besides that, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's a long list, but not nearly as long as I wish it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Foster, come on up. What sports did you play when you were a kid? Yeah, I grew up playing baseball from every uh, first moment I can remember as a kid. Uh, played soccer. Uh, Mom didn't let me play football till high school, but I did, and that was awesome. That was a great sport. Uh, played some hockey growing up. Played some basketball growing up. You know, played played everything. I, I I'm telling you, I'm a lot like you guys. You you put a ball or a puck in front of me, I'm gonna have a good time. Probably pretty competitive, aren't you? Yeah. Carter, come on up. Yeah, playing cards with my family and. And sister and mom isn't as fun for me. Right. <laughs> uh, what other sports would you play if you didn't play baseball? Yeah, you know, I think uh, back, I, I think I'd be a hockey dude. I think I'd be a hockey player. Play hockey, if you have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, you don't like that, that answer. That <laughs> uh, Indy, you got a question? All right, come on up. When was your first home run? Ever? Oh, man. You're going to do this to me? <laughs> My first home run was in a Dutso tournament, which is out near, like, Washington, Missouri. And I say you're going to do this to me because I was playing a tournament, and there's a big field, and there's a smaller field. And for whatever reason, we were on the smaller field that game. So my first homer was just uh, just like a regular fly out <laughs> that went over the fence and did so back. Man, I don't know. Had to be middle school. And I didn't I didn't have much power growing up. So, but I got one on the little field. Got one on the little field. What did you do when you practice on your own? Great question. What did you do when you practice on your own? Man, long list. Um, to me, I think, uh, I think like we, we kind of talked about some already, but um, when I got to college, my best friend there is the one of the hardest working dudes I've ever been around. And he made me notice that it's what you do in the dark is the way I see it. It's what you do when you're not at practice. I think, uh, you know, you go to practice, you listen to coach, right? You listen to coach at practice, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. Coach, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, look, look, I'm going to interrupt there. How many is too many coaches on the sideline? That's an inside joke for our baseball <laughs> team. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you're going to listen to coach. You're going you're gonna to hopefully try your best to practice. You're going you're gonna to improve as much as you can at practice, at the games, all that stuff. For me, it's what you do in the dark, meaning it's what you do when there's no one there watching. You know, it's it's uh it's all the extra hours in the in the gym in the cages uh the extra ground balls you know you know my after my first year in rookie ball um i was way behind i was just learning infield playing against guys that were shortstops their whole yeah. life you know so um the season ended most guys go home and see their families and you know it's the year's over right, right. so but i'm like i can't do that so i went straight back to to baylor and and started working in with them at practice and um, 
you know, a couple times a day going up to the cage and having balls just spit out the machine, you know, one after the other, just making picks and getting used to having a glove on my hand and, and picking ground balls, you know, and it's, wow. and that's the kind of stuff that, that for me, when I say, you know, sacrifice, you know, a lot of stuff to get there, you know, those are some of the moments, you know, it's the extra month uh, without the family and, yep. and the nights, the, you know, lonely nights in the cage all by myself, uh, trying to master my craft. But for me, it's, you know, it's what you do in the dark when no one's looking, you know, that's who you, that's where you find out what you're all about. Mm. That's good stuff right there. Kanan, come on up. I'll get you in a minute, Asher. He's got another question. <laughs> uh, how many days did you practice with the Milwaukee Brewers a year? Well, so last year uh, on New Year's, I went down to Arizona and started training, but I'd already been training. I, I uh, played in the Dominican last winter, so a season ended. I had, I took one week off, started training for baseball, went to the Dominican Republic for winter ball, came home, took two weeks off, started training again, trained up through New Year's. I went to Arizona, just full training for spring training. Um, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a year-round gig, you know. I'll take three weeks off a year from training, and the rest is, uh, you know, trying to maximize who we are. It's a lot of training. Asher, you have another question? Okay, we'll move that one on. He's five. He's yours. <laughs> He's five. Yeah. yeah. How many toilets do you have? Thank you, Asher. Uh, Apple will love that. I Claire. have enough. Who was your favorite team growing up? Yeah, St. Louis Cardinals. You guys know yeah. about that. St. Louis Cardinals, do you have a – you said Albert Pujols earlier. You already said mm -hmm. that. So how about any big games, any big Cardinal games you were at? Um, I went to one playoff game back when I was a kid and against the Braves, and John Rocker was the oh, closer yeah. for the Braves. John and, Rocker, yeah. Yeah, and so he – he came into the game and, you know, the whole stadium had the rocker chant going yeah. and that was a good memory as a kid <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have another question, Kanan? Uh, if you collected baseball cards, what would be your favorite one? Ooh. Yeah, you know, probably, probably the Albert Pujols. I've never, been, I've never been big on collecting cards and signatures and stuff. I don't know why. I just never never really have been I like to like to watch and do more than just the I like it the collection yeah any questions from the parents out there or the coaches all right this is coach Steve Weinhoff, our head baseball coach here Nate so uh, right. I'm sure he's got a big question for you all right, you were talking about when you first uh, took your first BP professionally mm -hmm. and guys are just hitting bombs and you talk about playing next to Arcia um, the, the, the professional baseball is littered with guys with crazy skills and talents, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you see five-tool players that wash out. Um, what have you seen the difference between the guys with skills that wash out versus um, the guys that make it? Yeah, Good I mean, I think, I think as the higher and higher you go up, the closer and closer the, the skill level is. You know, the gap closes down uh, drastically. And um, 
unless you're a guy like like a Yelich, you know, and, and some of these Mike Trouts and Albert and the best in the game can do things that pretty much nobody else can, you know, and that's why they are so much better year after year. Um, but besides that, there's um, the, the talent gap is so small that to me it just comes down to the details, you know. It's, it's like I was saying, uh, the work that guys put in in, in the dark when no one's looking, uh, the nutrition, it's the off the field life, it's, um, you know, being able to make good decisions when you go home at night. Um, but man, it, it's just details. And that's why, and that's why like nowadays I spend way more time, you know, reading books, trying to get more information, just like, you know, those little bitty nuggets that can take me to, uh, to help me save the way I see it, the way I look at kind of preparing for a season, like offensively, you know, it's like I had 270 with 11 homers this year and, and I had three or 420 at bats. The way I see it is how can I flip 10 at bats, you know, and it's like if I flip 10 at bats and, you know, maybe I hit 280 with, 13 or 14 home runs, you know, and it, and it's really, it's, it's, uh, I've been approaching years like that for a while. How can I get just a little more consistent and a little, a little better at, you know, it, vision stuff. I do ball stuff off the wall all the time, just tracking balls, trying to get my eyes hmm. a little bit sharper, being able to focus, um, at a high level for a longer period of time, you know, just all, to me, it's just all in the detail work, and that's uh, you know the best in the world do a lot of things really, really well. It's a good answer. And uh, most of all, so we just want to say thank you. Uh, when we went down to Memphis, we took we were down there for a tournament, and uh, we were playing against some uh, some pretty serious competition down there. And so the uh, the boys were out, and uh, so then we took them to that AAA game as a uh, as a little treat for them that evening. And uh, when you would interact with them um, from the outfield in between innings when you're playing catch and things like that, and just acknowledging them, uh, it just meant the world uh, to the kids. And uh, we're just uh, really grateful for uh, for people like you in the sport. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Very good. Any other questions back here? All right, we're good. So I'm, I got two more questions we'll end with. Um, if you could have dinner with anybody ever, who would that person be and why? Any one person? I got a lot of questions for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I read a, a lot, lot of about questions him. There. I got a lot of questions. He wrote uh, a book. Yeah, he's got a big, big, good book. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's my easy answer. Yep. Um, and I would, I would probably have to go with like an Albert, you know, because yeah. uh, what he does, what he does on the field is incredible, and everyone can see it. But, but like I've been talking about, kind of all day, you know, yeah. I, I know he's a he's a a good man off the field, and to me, that's, you know, baseball's only going to last so long. Yeah. So, you know. Trying to trying to take some stuff from him on how to, you know, help the world be a better place and how to how to become a better man and, uh, yeah. you know, just 
Yeah, that'd be a good. That'd be a good done some dinner. incredible work Come with the Pujols Foundation. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. So, uh, last question: If you could give these nine and ten and twelve and thirteen-year-olds, maybe five-year-olds, six-year-olds, all this, all these people in here, uh, if you could give them some advice, looking back on your life, what advice would you give these guys? Man, I just think, uh, you know, it's easy to say gratitude's the attitude. You know, that's like a common mm. cliche nowadays. Um, you know, like I said, I do a lot of stuff as far as trying to learn from military guys. You know, I've been listening to a couple podcasts on this guy, Dakota Meyer, lately. Uh, he's on Jocko Willink podcast oh, yeah. and uh, Joe Rogan podcast. And, and just... Uh, remembering how lucky we are uh you know to wake up and you know a nice comfy bed and a nice comfy house and you know just remember how lucky we have it here um i think is super important but taking that attitude into everything you know baseball you have a you have a bad game and you go you know what man you know i'm lucky to be a baseball player you know i think it's going to help Next time you go out and play the game, it's going to it's going to help you to overcome a lot of things. Uh, but, yeah, that, you know, that's something that I, I think I learned a lot this year. Yeah. You know, it's just I went through a lot of a new challenges this year throughout the season uh, with the club and, and with my my position in the organization and everything. And there's a lot of um, stuff thrown at me that I never really saw coming and all that stuff, you know, but um, I think. I think I had the most fun year I've had yet nice. this year. And, the, you know, I felt the best about it I, day in and day out. You know, I think it was the healthiest mentally for yeah. me and all that. And, and it really was because, man, I was just – I was lucky. You know, I'm lucky to be a ball player. I'm lucky to, to go out there and, and hang out with guys like you every night and, uh, you know, just do my thing. And I think, you know, I think remembering how, how good we got it, you know, I think that's uh, – a good approach very blessed yeah I, I lied i got one more question so uh, let's let's assume not that this ever happens but it happens all the time because a major league baseball player if you get a hit three out of ten times you're going to be pretty darn good baseball player right so how about the time when you strike out and that walk from home plate to the dugout to the dugout what should you be doing because we all see it as parents right as coaches i coach my oldest son and it's like they want to, they think they should get a home run every single time. But what do you, as a professional baseball player, when you strike out, how important is that walk from the plate back to the dugout? Yeah, you know, it's huge. And it's, you know, it's all about learning. And I think um, for me as a baseball player, what I, what I decided when I first signed pro was I'm going to try to maximize my, uh, my ability, maximize my person, uh, maximize my player, you know, who – I'm Nate Orff, I got one life, right? I'm gonna try to maximize it. So, and that goes into a lot of the, the stuff I do in the off seasons, a lot of the, the kind of the approach and training I take, but uh, I'm gonna try to try to maximize my player. So that being said, all I can do every day is just get a little bit better, right? So all, all I can really control is just to learn a little bit every day, right? And, and I decided early on in, in pro ball that if I didn't make it to the big leagues, you know, that, that was the way that it was going to shake out yeah. for me. But, but I, I decided that I'm going to try to maximize my ability, and I'm still, I'm still trying to do that, you know. And the day that yeah. I feel like I've maximized it, I'm done, I promise you that much. Yeah. Um, 
but but it's just all about learning you know when when you strike out there's always something uh to learn from it there just is and especially as as much baseball as i play when i strike out to a pitcher you know i'm probably going to go face him again i'm going to face him either now or i'm going to face him in a couple weeks again so there's always something to, to pick up to learn there's always something in it that can make you better and help prepare so so what i like to do is try to just flip everything and, and help it make me more confident. Help it flip it, because we have control in, in the decisions we make. We can control the thoughts we have, right? So rather than striking out and being like, oh, I'm terrible today. If I, mm. I promise you, I'll never say I'm terrible today. I might say that was a terrible at bat, right? And then use that draw the line right there say well that's not happening again this is i got two more today let's go you know and i might go strike out two more times but i refuse to play a game you know and and expecting not expecting to have a great day i re i refuse to you know that's a great answer and i just i'm so you know to to my core about your body language right I mean, if you kind of mope and go back to the dugout that pitcher knows he's got your number right and yeah so it's going to be bad the next time so i think i think the teammates too there's yeah baseball is a crazy sport because it's so individual but but your team matters more the team winning that day matters more than anything else so if you strike out four times and your team wins hey i'll take that day that's way better than striking out four times and the team losing I promise you that much mm. That's a good so, point. <laughs> you know, I think any, anything you can do to help the team win, and, and if, it, if you strike out and can go up and, you know, I don't know how you guys communicate, but if I strike out and, but I saw something on the two seam that was different than the, than the pitcher's chart said, you know, then I'll go tell the next guy, hey, man, yeah. his, his ball's sinking more than, than we thought, <laughs> you know? And it, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It, we play to win, man. It's, you got to play to win. Amen. So where do our listeners and uh, the, I'm sure these kids, well, they're not old enough. Some of them may have social media, but where do our listeners find more of a Nate Orff? Are you a social media guy? Uh, I'm on there. I, I post a little bit. This time of year, it's about to be more hunting and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, but uh, throw some training stuff and all that out there. But uh, yeah, Instagram, I think, is just Nathan Orff uh, 4, I believe. Okay. Uh, we can search for you on there. Yeah. They'll find you. Well, uh, man, it's been a complete honor for me to have you here. I know for our coaches and our families, we're so thankful that you would even think about spending the time with these kids today. Hopefully they got one nugget, like you said, and I know I see a lot of bats and baseballs here. They're, they're wanting autographs, so you got some time. But, man, thanks a lot for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.